You're listening to Brick to the Future, the property investment show for everyday Australians. We cut through the white noise so you can minimise risk and make smart, informed investment decisions. If you're after tips and strategies while building a property portfolio that suits your lifestyle, you're in the right place. Ken McClellan here. Welcome to uh, the latest episode. I'm here with uh, Matt Lewison. Louis, how are you? Yeah, thanks, Ken. Good to see you. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Um, I'm going to jump straight into it, Matt, today. Um, we've got a question from Darren, which actually relates back to the My Four-Year-Old, the Property Investor book. In there, I talk about setting up your team, having the right team members around you. Um, the current copy of the book, while well, the new one, which is coming out in the next month or so, the current copy of the book doesn't actually mention anything about advisors. So Darren's question is, while you talk about setting up your team with accountants, conveyances, and brokers, uh, you don't talk about how someone could compare. The question is, I could use OpenCorp as an advisory company, but how do I know OpenCorp's the best compared to other companies? And how do I check which company's better than another? So it's a pretty pointed question. I don't mind someone having a, having a, um, a nice stab that uh, we, can, we can challenge ourselves with. But let's talk about a couple of things um, when setting up your team. Historically, most people would be thinking the advice should come from their accountant or broker or because they deal with numbers and finance, those sort of things. What's your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we, were, we went through it 20 years ago uh, and what we tended to find... Um, and look, it obviously took us a lot longer to, to build our team and the, the great team that we've got around us now. But um, the advice we were getting at the start, we thought was great. And then we did more and more research and we we're specialists at residential. And we realized that <laughs> residential is telling us to faster and get our research. And so obviously once we realized that and we try to educate them, then you get to a point where you go, why not educating this guy um, in his things? He's the expert. And so we shop around until we got to, uh, to we found great team who, who we can trust um, to do those things. So... I think that's one of the uh, one of the key things is that, I mean, just because somebody is a great accountant doesn't mean they're a great accountant for you. Um, yeah. And same for a finance broker or, or a conveyancer. Um, it needs to be specific for what you're trying to do, which is if it's growing an investment property portfolio, then you need to find um, consultants that, or, or advisors that have got that specific experience helping people just like you and who you aren't going to have to school and share your knowledge with them and all of their other clients. You should be taking more from them than they're getting from you. Yeah, accountants is a is a um, is usually I find people's most go to when it comes to anything to do with money. It's understandable because they count money, and we've got a great team of accountants internally that work for us, and different accounting firms that consult to us, and external compliance committees from accounting firms. So the job they do is really important. But I, like yourself, I went through many many firms and outgrew them and with al your brother um when we'd put accountants in fetal positions asking them same question 85 different ways to try and get the answer and then so absorbing all the knowledge they had and then moving on to the next firm was a, um, a sort of a pattern for us for about a decade but what surprises me is most people go to their accountants and ask them for property selection advice what property should i buy and to be brutally honest most accountants aren't licensed to give that sort of advice let, let alone any knowledge of it because most haven't built a portfolio themselves and they're not financially um, secure themselves. Accountants, the majority of them are still working. So they haven't you know, cracked the code to building enough wealth to get out of the rat race themselves. Yeah, another extension of that, and it's probably just the next progression is if they're not, if the person's not asking their accountant for which investment property they should buy, then the next progression is they turn up with the property saying, hey, is this a, this a good one to buy? 
yeah. and uh, sort of expecting that the accountant will know more than perhaps um, somebody who may have been an expert who's recommended it to them. Yeah, correct. One thing that I think it's really important for some people to, to know and to understand is some accountants will recommend property sales companies. Now, it needs to be really clearly well understood whether that accountant's getting a kickback from the the sales company to recommend them because that is a real conflict of interest. And there's a lot of accountants that do that. Um, so there just needs to be dis- disclosure there. If you're getting advice to go and see company XYZ uh, to buy property through from, from your accountant. And I'll just throw something in there because I reckon there's a bit of a um, misconception as well. Um, since obviously the future of financial advice um, changes came into play a few years ago, financial advisors aren't allowed to accept conflicted remuneration, for instance. Mm. So a financial advisor can't recommend somebody go and talk to a, a property company if that company is providing a, um, a rebate or a fee back to that um, the financial advisor. What a lot of people don't realise is that accountants fall outside of that. Um, mm. And it's because um, they're not, offering financial advice they're offering accounting advice which is a bit different or tax advice um, and also that uh, the property stuff isn't a financial product so it's one of those things it's a bit of a gray area but uh, certainly um, just because an accountant might recommend so look they might recommend somebody who's great um, but we just always caution people to say well just understand why you might be getting that recommendation and don't take their word for it that that's the only only group to go and talk to, even if it was us, yeah. um, are referring to like do your homework, find out whether that advisor is going to be right for you, and just because maybe they've got a good relationship with your accountant, even if they're not getting paid um, for a referral, um, the, always do your homework, work, work through to to find out if they've uh, if they're going to meet your needs. It's um it's amazing. So then that brings us on to the point uh, Darren originally asked, and going how do I compare? OpenCorp, for example, against other companies in the marketplace. Um, what's some of the big hitters? Because I know, it, and having been go th- going through this for decades, looking at different companies and different market cycles, it's amazing the amount of pop-up companies that uh, enter the market. Longevity is usually around five years thereabouts until the market tanks and the pro- properties they've been putting clients into uh, exposed. Uh, but that leaves a lot of investors really in uh, you know, a really negative point in their financial lifespan. And it's great to see that there's a lot of, um, you know, there's new females coming into the market as sharks as well as, as males. So it's, we're getting a real uh, a balance of the sexes coming into the market that, that, that obviously tongue in cheek, but what scares me about, um, I think one of the keys I'm trying to get to is longevity can't be beaten. You can't fake, you know, nearly 20 years, which OpenCorp can stand by, nearly 20 years of providing quality properties for clients. Yeah, it's funny. I was chatting to a, uh, a company founder who uh, in the industry reached out to me recently through LinkedIn and said, hey, we're in the same industry. Why don't we catch up for a chat and, and kind of see there might be some synergies. I'm always, always up for a chat, as you know. So I, uh, I caught up with them uh, there in Sydney and I said, oh, what, what's, your, what's your background? Like, how did you get into it? And he said, oh, I was, um, I was sort of shopping for my first first property in 2016 and I, I bought one and uh, I made, like everyone had been talking about property all this time. I'd been a share guy and I realised like I made a hundred grand in about six months and I realised this is, this is exactly what everybody said. So I started my own business and two years later we, we launched. I was like, all right. Yeah, so, yeah great. Uh, it happens that quickly, right? Um, 
but uh, yeah, I mean, I think, um, and coming back to your point as well, I was chatting to it as a lawyer um, that I've known for quite some time. Uh, and I recently moved back to Brisbane. I, I reached out and was having a chat to them. They do a lot of property law for all of the big developers around um, around Australia. And chatting to them, they said that uh, there's about three or maybe four advisor groups in the country that he that are still around that he knew of ten years ago. One of them being us. And there's wow. there's a, a small number more, but said more and more he's seeing sort of all these new, new businesses coming through and. Um, sort of selling the dream when the owners um, haven't been in property themselves. It's not like well, we'd, we'd been doing it for what, 13, 14 years before we ever offered any advice to anybody else. Um, and and we were taking our advice from your dad, who's now been investing for over 50 years and sits on the board of our company. So uh, That's right. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and so we're, we're seeing people who've got a couple of years experience starting a business and then spruiking like how, how to grow a property portfolio when, I mean, they're, they're not teaching people how to do what they did. They're just teaching people as they learn themselves. And um, and so I think that's a real key thing. It's not business size. I mean, you obviously don't necessarily want to be going with a one-man band who's trying to do everything um, because that makes it really tough. And they're probably just getting uh, getting fed stock from somebody else who they're mates with. Um, but you also don't necessarily need to go for who's the biggest and best as of today because they're probably not the most experienced yeah and i'd say um to be brutally honest going with the a company that's doing huge volume is probably a very scary thing as well because yeah. the higher volume they do the harder it is for them to buy quality stock for their client and therefore they have to sacrifice the quality stock and go into areas where they're just taking any piece of stock they can get for their clients to because they literally can't feed the machine fast enough while they're making a bucket load of money come five years time those clients buying sub-quality product are going to be uh, left high and dry. Um, the company providing it, as we've seen decade after decade, closes up and while well, the founders make a squillion dollars in five years and move on, um, they leave a lot of investors. I think uh, if we think back to when we were first starting out in the uh, late 90s, um, Henry Kay was the flavour of the month back then with uh, Australian Property Institute, I think his company was called, Um and I went along to one of his seminars when I was first investing and went back to your dad, Steve, and said, what do you reckon about these guys? And he thankfully grabbed us by the scruff of the neck and said, some of what they're saying has merit. A lot of what they're saying is dedicated to selling the property that they want to sell you. Um, collectively, about 3,500 Australians lost about $60 million through that one company alone. So it scares me now that I'm seeing companies nearly mirroring them out in the marketplace, selling huge volume, um, doing weekly webinars that have really only got, and this, so this is the scary thing. This is what I'm challenging people to do. Um, longevity in the marketplace uh, is, is probably the number one key. Yeah. I reckon also, uh, and there's a couple of things I, like just before I sort of come to my next point that like I know over the last sort of 13, 14 years that there's been many times we've been meeting with developers who we've got a good relationship with and, um, and have worked in, in sourced some properties through some of their projects for our clients. And they've asked us um, when they're launching a new project, why we won't take any stock in their new project. And obviously we'd say, well, it doesn't meet our criteria. And so, oh, well, look, we could help you. We could um, give you a better deal over here if you take some more on, on that stock. And we, 
obviously just refused. And, and that obviously limited how much we could take because we wanted to deliver a good product to our clients. Yep. Um, and I know, as, a, uh, as you pointed out before, there's, there's groups out there at the moment with an ac- like teams of acquisition managers going around just taking anything that they can get because they've got big sales targets. And yes, we're seeing more investor activity in the market. We've got a, a queue coming through um, we're still working, we're working extra hard to make sure that the stock that we take on is the best stock we can get for, um, for our clients or the best properties, uh, as opposed to just taking everything we can get so that we can, um, we can put it, put yeah. it out there for clients. You know, we only want to sell the yeah. right properties. And that's, that's one of the keys um, there. But I think also probably another one that's, it's, it's almost like a, an intangible is, the groups that are trying to sell you a hugely profitable outcome in a short space of time. So saying this will make you X amount in the next year, um, yeah, or, even in the next two years. Or retire in seven years or whatever it might be. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're reading from the, or drinking from the Henry K Kool-Aid um, because that, that was a, largely what got people in. The stuff that he talked about, the property market was, was spot on often um, in terms of, statistically what had happened in the property market and how to structure uh, loans and that sort of thing. But then the 1% extra that he did that was really taking people off was about trying to tie up as much property as you can to just capitalize on a very short wave and yeah. then make a big profit without ever having the capabilities to settle on the land or settle on the property. Yeah, um, And that's, again, when I look at Open Corp and the other two to three groups that have been around for a long time, um, one of the really consistent things is it's about managing risk. It's about making sure that the client um, has capacity to be able to settle, not overextending, even though you could chuck down a deposit on five properties today, yeah. and perhaps make a, a quick buck in that rising market. There's a huge downside risk if, Correct. if the market should soften or if you're forced to settle and you can't. Um, so it's, it's about that sort of, consistent approach to investing to build up your wealth over 10 to 20 years, not over two to three. Yeah. Um, one, one thing with, and I think people get excited about um, spruikers who say how many properties they've got. Um, there's one out in the marketplace at the moment says I've got 17 properties using the same strategy. What people need to understand is the person and they've, and they've done that in three years. The problem is, how they've got those properties in three years is by selling lots of other properties to people and making a huge profit from it and using that money to buy their own property portfolio. It's not from having a standard income like most people would have and just grinding away. So I think um, you, you're dead right in what you're saying with the uh, understanding the reality of the situation, not getting caught up in the hype is what scares me when these hot times in the property market come again. It's just uh, people, the, the media hype you up and people feed off that frenzy and just tip people over the edge to make those decisions that put them in a world of hurt come three or five years time when uh, you know, the company winds up and they're left holding the can. Yeah, spot on. Mate, I think um, hopefully we've answered that. So if we get down to the core of it, longevity, you can't beat it. Have you been around for close to 20 years in the marketplace? What's the entire results of a company's client portfolio and how does that compare to the market? Open Corp's very... Um, at the forefront of showing here's the results of every one of our clients' property compared to the capital city markets. Um, and we're very proud to say we've beaten the market by 37% over the last decade, where our clients have, not us. 
so the proof's in the pudding. Longevity and client results. Providing one property to a client is not going to make or break us. But if our clients can duplicate their portfolio and build up some real wealth over a good decade, then uh, we've done our job. I think that comes down to the core of when you're looking for an advisor, you should be looking at. Matt, always good. Thanks for joining us today. A lot lot more to it. That's right. There's obviously a lot more to it than that as well. Yeah, I've got... um, yeah, I've got a, a check sheet. In the new version of my foyer of the property investor, I've actually created a check sheet and I've included 50 questions that uh, can really dig down into uh, what you should be asking an advisor to understand. Now, the questions, most companies can tick the box on some of them. Um, there'd only be, like you said, three or four companies that could answer all of them satisfactorily. So uh, a lot of it comes down to gut feel as well. Um, but uh, people can email through to OpenCorp if they want to get a copy of those questions. I'm happy to release them prior to the, the book's uh, relaunch. Louis, thanks for joining us. Awesome. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Cam. Thank you for listening to Brick to the Future, powered by OpenCorp, Australia's leading property investment specialists. For more information on how we can help you build your financial future, contact us at opencorp.com.au.